Hi, I'm Simon Rushton and this is Taxi Chronicles podcast. On this podcast, we spontaneously interview unsuspecting passengers with their permission, allowing them to share their intimate life stories and concerns. As our slogan states, real riders, real stories. Some riders prefer to be anonymous, while others ask me to tell their story later on. Either way, there are all genuine 5 to 10 minutes stories. So sit back and enjoy this episode. Good day, good day, good day. Yes, we're back um, with another nice lady here. She's anonymous today. She's a nanny and an entrepreneur. She's going to tell her how her experience of being a nanny has, and then we're going to roll on to entrepreneur. We're just going to have a general chit-chat and see how it goes. So, first of all, how did you start off getting into the nanny? What what made you want to do nannying? Um, well, I had a childcare degree when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I always wanted to be a dancer, but my mum said, get some experience behind you, like have a job that you can always, there's always going to be a need for it. So I went to childcare, worked my way up, and then decided that I'd reached my point, and then I went to work for the NHS. And then I decided, five years later, I decided I had enough, didn't want to go to work all the time. What did you do in, with the NHS? <laughs> um, I did lots of things. So I started off as a healthcare assistant, then a physician assistant who takes bloods. Then I worked as a patient flow, so dealing with the breaches, the four-hour targets, and then eventually a capacity manager, uh, which is dealing with the discharges, making people mm-hmm. get discharges and any problems with that. And then I basically decided I had enough, wanted to go travelling, and I didn't have the money to do it, so the best way to do it was do what I love, looking after children, mm-hmm. and go and see the world. Yeah. So how has that been the last six months? You said you've been away and stuff. What was that like? It's been an amazing experience, because I've seen so many different places, and whilst people were locked down, I got the chance to travel, even though other people weren't. And But it's also been quite stressful. Like, I can understand how a mum can have mental health issues or find it difficult whereas before I didn't I used to think it was easy and everyone used to tell me oh when you have your own children you'll understand you'll think differently and I was like no 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 I've, I've got the expertise I know what I'm doing mm-hmm. but yeah now my mind has definitely been changed and I can completely understand how hard it is for some mums out there. Would you say it's hard because of the western or the British family structure system? Because in other cultures, it's not just the mum's left with the child. She's got her sisters and nieces and cousins and maybe a nephew. So everybody takes her like an hour or half a day and the mum can think. But in this culture, it's just you and the baby. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely played a part in it. Um, You are literally with that child and you're responsible for that child. So you can't take your eye off the ball, especially with a two-year-old. You can't take your eye off the ball because he's into everything. So, and the fact that if you need that support, that having that support, having that time to just go and have a shower or to talk oh, to yeah, someone else that's not think a... Think of that, or bathroom break. Yeah, exactly, like just anything, just to have five minutes to yourself where someone's not saying your name or like mum, 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 or that needs you 24-7. And that's what it's Are all about. Call you, the baby calls you mum? No, 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 but I'm saying from yeah. a mum's point of view. Okay. But they do, yeah, he does call me my name. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. So what is it like? Tell us a story about how, how the pressure builds up. Kind of how, how you handle it. Well, it's it's difficult because some children are really easy and he is a really good baby, but there was a couple of times where he wouldn't sleep. And so 
that crucial time where they're sleeping gives you a little bit of time for yourself. Whereas when he wasn't sleeping, you're stressing out because you're like, oh, he's not sleeping. But then actually you need to take a step back and think, well, I'm stressing myself out here because he's not sleeping. Get him up and do things with him because otherwise it just, you get in that cycle. So, um, and also you don't get that break. So, so it is very hard. So you sleep when he sleeps? Really? Not sleep, but you get to have that time out. You get to have that quiet period where you just have, like, you need to do what you need to do. But for some people, I know that by the time they sleep, you're then cleaning up the mess from the morning and you're doing the washing up from, like, lunch or something like that. And you have to do all that as well, don't you? I don't. I don't know. They had people that yeah. did that. But um, okay. that, for a normal mum, that could be one of the pressures. Okay. But in the nannying industry... Yeah. What's the deal? Because surely if you're a mum and you've had a child, you've hired somebody to help you or assist you. You don't want them to do 110% of the role. You want to be your be the mum. Or is that not the case? It's difficult because I, I think... <laughs> yeah, because it's difficult because there are they have to work, but also they do have their free time and they want to do things for themselves. So it's easy. When you've got money you can pay someone to look after your child and do the things that you don't want to do. Like, so for instance, in my situation, I would um, feed the child, dress the child, and then the mum and dad would take him for a little while. Like, they'd do something with him. Or for an hour or so? Just yeah, for an hour, just for like an hour or so. And then come back. It's just when they, as and when they need me. But sometimes it would be a full-on day. Oh, sometimes they would take them a full-on day. No, I mean, it would be a full-on day for me where oh. I'd have them from, like, 9 o'clock in the morning till half 10 at so night. So they're not really bonding with their child, then? It's difficult, they are, but they're missing those crucial bits where putting them to sleep and, like, nappy changes and yeah. those, those crucial moments that I think the bonding and the attachment really, hmm. really happens. What I'm getting at here is I sense, and obviously people can't see your facial expression, <laughs> is that there's a real... Just because these people, these kind of people are more focused on their careers than they are on their children. Would you say that's a fair to say? I think it's difficult. Yes, they are. But you could also see the love that they had for their child. Like you, that was blatantly obvious. Like even though they spend a short amount of time with them, you could see the joy and happiness that that child brought them. Mm. But for small kids. You know what? You know what I'm looking at because I, I look at the other end of the spectrum. Being from council estates, where you've got a, a mum with like I don't know five kids, but everybody's interacting and having a good time, and there's a bond and every, you know each other, and then that money comes into the equation or career, and everything, that's just kind of gone. If you see what I mean, and um, it's just making me think that. Is it, does it ever feel like that these rich people, why have children if you can't commit a hundred, even 50% of the time? It's really difficult. I do think that it does frustrate me because I do think, why have you got, you've got this amazing child in front of you. Why do you not want to spend all your time with them? Mm -hmm. But then I do see the other side of it of like, they, they do have their jobs. They do want time for themselves. They do want to live life, you know, and they've got the opportunity to do that. So it's really, yes, it does come down to that. I do think that. But then also you have to look at it from their side of the point of view. And I also hate judgment on people. I think each to their own. <laughs> like I, I do, we all have our judgments. 
Okay. But I think each to their I own like and that. everyone has their own way of doing things and they're lucky enough to have what they've got and that's the way they live. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's fair enough. I, I like your style of thinking. Entrepreneurial wise, you said you're an entrepreneur? I am indeed. So tell us about that. <laughs> In the making. <laughs> so um, I am a coach. I have just trained in rapid transformational therapy, which is um, a type of therapy that if you've had uh, limiting beliefs and they stem from your childhood, it takes you back to, it's like a form of hypnotherapy, CBT and NLP. And it takes you back to those experiences as a child and rewrites the interpretation that you had from those meanings that you gave themselves that gives you limiting beliefs, which will then help you with your confidence and your performance and helps you to fast track to success. So I've just trained in that um, and I've also just signed up for a new dating service um, that we're going to be launching very soon. Called? Called the 730 Club. It's not mine, it's someone else's. Um, she's her, She was dating in her 40s, she got fed up of the dating apps. So she's now launching this new membership service for people that are single that want um, to find love without the 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 horrible apps <laughs> as we say so uh, we're working on that behind the scenes and it also gives people like a chance to have coaching as well to help them have the skills to find love but that's still a and going to be an app though isn't it it's not an app no it's a uh, it's a website that they go to they have a profile on the website um, and they um, cannot have no online communication they then go to an event like a dinner date where they can they can sign up to go to that event where they meet that person and then if they like that person, they can talk to the people. You know what would be an idea? Speed dating on a, on a website, on a Zoom. <laughs> it's so kind of that concept. But think of it. Because of the social dis- distancing, what you do, you get like Zoom calls set up and you get a minute to talk to, or two minutes, whatever it is, to talk to someone opposite, just directly opposite. And then if you don't like them, you just press next. Well, you just don't have to do anything, you just go on. Well, they've got a feature on Zoom where you can come out, you can go into a secret group and then you can come out when it ends, it has a timer on it. So that would be a perfect idea, especially when the government have just brought in the new rule of only six, socialising with six people. I'm not worried about the government. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just don't care. (laughs) Yeah, but with events, it's making it very difficult to launch with us, with this new thing. Yeah, I don't And especially when he's just brought in. uh, (laughs) It's not talk politics. (laughs) So going back to um, this kind of, it's like, um, I don't, maybe the term brainwashing is quite strong, but you're reprogramming people. How long was that course? Well, it's an online course, but it, uh, basically it took me 24 hours to do, but over a period of time. And it's, um, it's a long, it's intensive. Have you tried it on anyone yet? Or? I have actually. I tried it on a guy that had um, anxiety. Uh, anxiety about what swimming or no just going out in general in life um he was scared to go out and he was worried about a lot of things and he had these side effects like headaches and this thing in the, uh, um, effect in, the, in his throat it would be all dry but he's if he's an adult and he's got anxiety that means he's dealt with it as a child or he's, he must have had it as a child or something that has happened brought it on okay yeah. An experience that he had might have As an adult? As an adult and as a young child. Because what I'm saying, what I'm thinking is we're all born as babies and we play around and you know, do whatever we do. So, unless he's had that from birth, 
I believe that during your childhood, up until you're seven or eight years old, things happen and you people form beliefs and you get things from your parents. People put ideas into your head or they tell you something that then you form as a belief in yourself. I know what you're saying. And then that affects you later mm. on in life. Or like that experience or a trauma or something like that will affect the way you mm. feel. There's a saying that goes, give me the child and I'll tell you what kind of man he will be by the time he's seven. I can't remember who's the Greeks were saying that they said um, because they can you can shape a child how you want to be. Yeah, I really believe that. I really believe that the early childhood years are so important up till up up until they're five and then also seven to eight. Mm-hmm. And the attachment that they form with their parents will also mm-hmm. determine how you are as an adult mm-hmm. and the relationships you form. Okay, that's interesting. All right, so. You've had a varied career so far. You've gone from NH. It was all caring. You see, a nice person. Even your entrepreneurial things about caring. It says a lot about you, as a person. Um, what's 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 your ultimate goal? What's the ultimate impact you want to have on the world? I want to make a positive impact on the world. Like I want to help people change their lives. I want them to be able to have freedom without sacrifice. Because I think that's been a big part in my life. Like I have concentrated so much on my career I've given up other things um, and also I just want to help people I love helping people and the ultimate goal is freedom I want to have enough money in the bank to not have to worry about anything mm. and I just and, and be able to provide for my child when I decide to have a child okay. and I just want to be able to travel the world and experience life for what it is yeah. what would you say to somebody who wants to be a nanny a younger version of you what would you say they have to know and would you encourage them to do it as well? Ah, oh, definitely, definitely. I think it's the most rewarding job you could have. Um, looking after a little child and being part of their life and how they develop is amazing. I'd say you'd have to have patience, and I'd have to say that you'd have <laughs> you have to um, choose. Make sure you've got boundaries. That's one of the biggest lessons that I learned is that I wanted to please people too much. And when I went into the job, I should have said these are my boundaries, like X, Y, and Z, and these are my skills. Don't try to be good at everything, just have your skills that you are good at. What kind of boundaries would those be? Time boundaries, like the hours that you're prepared to work. Um, boundaries, don't try to people please, like do everything for them, have boundaries. like, And don't say yes, like no, is it going to benefit you, but also is it going to help them? Like the more you help people, the more rewards you get out of life. But boundaries, time boundaries and knowing when to say no. Mm-hmm. Don't try to take on too much. Would you have done the NHS route as well? Oh, definitely, 100%. Like, that changed my life, <laughs> like, working for the NHS. I've seen so many things, because I worked in the emergency department, I've seen so many things that made me realise that life is too short. It's all paediatric, yeah? No, 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 this was um, adults. So I worked, because okay. I went off in a different route for a little while. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I wanted to be um, a psychologist eventually but then I changed my mind <laughs> you can still do it yeah but I, this rapid transformational therapist is kind of everything that I wanted to do as well so. because that is like a psychiatrist in, a, in essence but you're, you're just using apparatus or like rather than just trying to be a mental kind of thing if you see what I mean you can see I'm not a psychiatrist <laughs> by my articular day. Yeah, but um, I'm still doing that, and I don't have to go to university. Like I've gone to university and I've done a psychology degree. I wanted to. Do, I was doing a masters because I then wanted to go on and do the doctorate, 
but I've decided I don't want to go that way and get into more debt. I can do it this way and I can earn more money and have my own business. So I've decided to do it that way instead of working for the NHS. Yeah, that's the same thing I told my daughter. I said, you only go to uni if you have to, um, to get a degree that's going to help you in your career. But many other things like what you're saying, you could do the spend 27 grand, 9 grand a year to do another degree in psychology, being a psycho psychologist. Thank you, psychologist. But, or you could do this 24-hour course and still getting paid at the end of the day by people. And then your experience, build up your experience. Whether you get paid as much at the end of the day, I don't know. Or, but, you know, at least you're getting on real-time experience. And you don't have to just jump through loads of hurdles in that respect of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you do it all again. You've gone through the NHS and you're happy with everything you've done in life. And you've got a smile on your face even now. Yeah, no, I am happy. But I, I've, I've got a month off now because obviously I've been... And I'm going to really be thinking about what it is that I want to do and what angle I'm... And I'm going to concentrate on one thing and actually go for it. Because happiness is important. <laughs> Very important to me. Do you see yourself staying in a nanny business? Just sounds exhausting. <laughs> no, I don't. No, that's not my lifetime goal. It was my goal to get enough money behind me to then support myself mm-hmm. to be able to go off and do the entrepreneurial stuff that I want to do. Okay. That's interesting. That's good. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for the interview. Thanks for having me. Thanks very, for talking to me. Very insightful. <laughs> We hoped you liked that episode. Keeping in mind, we never know who we're going to interview. We post twice a day, 8am and 5pm GMT. Have you ever considered the future economies to invest in? Why not listen to our sister podcast, Africa Investor Stories? Considering Africa has the fastest growing economies and population on earth and has done for many years, It holds 30% of the world's known natural resources. We publish twice a week, Tuesday, with a guest investor, and Fridays talking about investment, politics, and history, providing a clear understanding for any potential investor.